It's the new year and time for the new you. You've thought about running for political office, but don't know where to start. Before you start any planning, you need to secure your name online with a yourname.vote web domain. This means your constituents will know they are learning about the real you when they surf the web. Secure your domain from GoDaddy.com today. All right. Welcome to Breaking Battlegrounds with your hosts, Chuck Warren and Sam Stone. We have kind of a special show for you today and maybe a little bit of a heartrending opening to this program. Uh, more so than usual, Chuck. Yes. Uh, on the line with us today, Brad Harrison, his daughter, Sophia. Sophia's uh, mom, Brad's wife, could not be with him. And we're going to let you, we're, Brad, we're going to let you begin by telling us why your wife, Anna, is not with you and her daughter today fleeing from Ukraine. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Really, it's uh, it's kind of a difficult time for us right now. Um, it's a very long story. It started over a year ago. Uh, um, we we came to the USA um, uh, after I quit my job in Dubai. I'd been there for three, uh, 13 years, and uh, she was on a 10-year visit visa at the time, and uh, they canceled it. Uh, mainly, it started due to the the COVID situation, we didn't know that they were not taking in uh, visitors at the time. And then uh, also they they thought that uh, we were immigrating at the time and uh, they had no sympathy at all uh, about uh, us um, just coming for a visit and trying to figure things out and, and still going through any legal process um, that was necessary. Um, we would have left the country again you know, uh, if it was necessary to do that, but they had zero sympathy. They canceled her visa, and uh, I I had to book a flight immediately from the airport for uh, my wife and daughter to fly to Ukraine. Uh, I then spent... Uh, um, and Brad, your, your a wife is a Ukrainian citizen, right? Correct, yeah. So immediately the next day after flying them back out, I went and... Uh, secured a lawyer and started the processing for her immigration. And uh, after uh, I did that, I flew to Ukraine uh, to be with my family. I'm trying to keep them together, all of us together for the last uh, year. So I'd spend uh, uh, 90 days in Ukraine and then another 90 in USA because that's all I could do in Ukraine. And uh, and then, uh, you know, immigration processing going, uh, waiting for all of that approval. And then the war starts. Uh, I left about 10 days prior uh, because my 90 days up in Ukraine uh, came forth and uh, um, I went, uh, well, we just didn't think that, obviously, I don't think, you know, especially anybody in Kharkiv, Ukraine thought that uh, Russia was going to carpet bomb their city. So uh, let me stop you. Let me that, stop you there uh, for a minute. Let me stop you there for a minute. So you're in Ukraine. You leave 10 days before the war breaks out. Was the feeling on the correct. ground because your wife's Ukrainian, so you're, you know, you're not a tourist, you're not at the local hotel. Do people not believe this was going to happen? Yeah, I'd say, uh, you know, a good 90% of the people in Kharkiv, there was some, you know, that were pretty frightened and leaving, but you really didn't know which side to believe. And, uh, you know, we knew a lot of, I know a lot of the history about what's going on in Ukraine and Donetsk and Lugansk to the east of, of us was the regions under play and and we were, uh, you know, obviously, I think most people just thought that 
if it was going to get bad, it would get bad there worse uh, first, and then they would have time to leave. But it didn't happen like that, as you know. It, it was, uh, well, uh, Anna and Sophia, they were uh, in uh, our apartment, uh, and it all just started one morning at 5 a.m., and it didn't let up day and night bombing in our neighborhood for three days and nights, and they, they couldn't go anywhere. Uh, my wife, uh, it would be uh, February 27th in the morning, she sensed a pause in the, in the bombings, and, uh, you know, being kind of prepared to leave, she drove around the city um, collecting her mother, 70 years old, and my 25-year-old stepson, separate apartments. My, uh, my uh, brother-in-law and sister joined their house was bombed. Uh, probably, you know, not existing now. They joined. So in two, two cars, they, they left the city as the Russian troops were taking over the streets. And I think that they got out within minutes because I'm seeing videos on YouTube of streets where they would have been on that day. And it was actual, you know, battle going on. What city was it? Sophia saw. What city was this again, Brian? Brad, I mean. Parkhouse. Yeah, they, they pronounce it kind of incorrectly on all the news. They say Kharkiv, but it's Kharkiv. It's K-H-A-R-K-I-V. It's the second largest city. It's uh, in the in the northeast. Uh, our apartment was about 15 miles away from the Russian border. So it's a big city, uh, about one and a half million people. And, uh, um, you know, it, it used to be the capital of, uh, of uh, Ukraine prior to uh, uh, USSR breaking up. Uh, a lot of architecture, you know, a lot of history to it. So people were thinking that, uh, uh, you know, back to you asking what people thought. People were just thinking that uh, the Russians and Putin loved the city and probably wouldn't destroy it because they wouldn't want to destroy that. Um, but uh, they they escaped the bombings uh, uh, in Kharkiv, and then they drove for about six days through Ukraine. Uh, going around different cities and that were being bombed. They were in forests and on back roads and staying at, uh, you know, friends of friends of friends' houses that would help out and uh, finally made it to the border of Romania. We had some friends in Romania that were saying, come to us. And, uh, um, well, the men are still in Ukraine uh, and uh, the women got out and, they had to split up. Some went to Germany. Some went to Sweden. Um, it's been a crazy time. Really. So explain to and, us again. Uh, explain to again how these. Explain to our audience again how how did they get out of Ukraine? You're saying they went to different countries. How did they do it? Did they take a train? Was it just car? What did they do? Uh, well, luckily, I bought a car. Uh, you know, a couple months before uh, we were we were thinking we'd be there for a while, waiting for this immigration processing. So I. Uh, I secured an apartment and, uh, you know, bought a car and uh, that's how they did it. Some people were leaving by train, but uh, um, lucky they had a car because uh, trains were packed. If you see any of the YouTube videos on people leaving the trains, there's just chaos. You can even hear gunshots, people trying to, uh, you know, get on board. Of course, probably not happening right now, but back at the time that they were leaving. so yeah, luckily cars, uh, we had luckily enough gas to get far out of the city at the time. They were only giving them five gallons at a time. My my brother-in-law, he tried to leave the city a couple days later and it took him 14 hours to fill up his car. I'm not kidding. 
Yeah. Wow. It was. Uh, Where, where's he at? Yeah. Where's he? Where's so, he at? Where's your brother-in-law at now? My brother-in-law, uh, his name's Stas. Uh, he and his family, their building was bombed. Uh, we're we're all kind of in this uh, neighborhood called Saltovka. It's in the northwest part of Kharkiv. And it's 300 to 400,000 people in this neighborhood. Uh, but uh, probably, I'd, I'd guess, 80, 90 percent of all those buildings have been bombed. Um, he left and he's in a small village, at least far away from the city we know of. Um, but, uh, you know, he doesn't speak any English. Uh, a lot of these people, my, some of my relatives don't speak any English. That's why they decided to stay because it's just, uh, you know, they're just hoping for a peace or a, a truce or whatever. Just, you know, their life is there. So they have to just survive and, and uh, you know, go back to whoever owns the place after. So if that makes sense. So Anna and Sophia, where, where, did, where did you guys go? Once you leave Ukraine, where did you go? Uh, we went to, uh, first we went to uh, Romania. And then uh, we started, uh, we went to uh, Mexico, and then, uh, and then we came here. But then my mom wasn't allowed to come here. So Anna, so Anna's now in Mexico. You went to Mexico. You went to, is it, is well, it Tijuana? No. Okay. Actually, let me just correct that. So we, we've had a lot of support from senators before doing this. So I've got uh, letters uh, from Senator Mike McKell. Uh, the offices of Mike Lee, Mitt Romney, uh, they are all aware and we had support from their office about, uh, you know, doing what we did. And even uh, the offices sent uh, emails to the Customs and Border Patrol before we tried to cross to say, hey, we've got uh, this family, they're driving this vehicle, they're going to be there at this time. We recommend that you give uh, Anna humanitarian parole will figure out everything you know with her immigration processing which by the way uh her i-130 visa processing was actually the first portion of it approved uh and i got it the morning that they were leaving romania um but uh you know with all the news that was out uh you know the biden administration was going to accept a hundred thousand refugees uh joe biden on march 11th uh said something to the effect uh we will welcome the refugees with open arms if they can make it to the border uh you know all this went into our decisions of uh you know what do i do i have my family still in romania or somewhere in europe well you know possibly uh you know world war three breaks out and uh no i'm i'm not uh, if, if if they're going and i saw youtube videos and other news stories of other ukrainians getting in so uh, my decision, of course, was, uh, well, why wouldn't they let my wife in also? You know, she's not a criminal and uh, we'll work it out. But uh, um, but no, we got to the border. We drove up. Uh, they took us into a secondary uh, area and they took her back to a building for uh, about 10 minutes. She came back crying her eyes out and telling us that they were going to take her. And uh, mostly probably because it, uh, she had a canceled visit visa uh, uh, a year ago. They wouldn't look at any of our documents. They wouldn't even let her take the documents. She took, I think, one change of clothes. Uh, she wanted to take documents, but they told her 
that it wouldn't do any good anyway. They were who they who, were, who is the, who is who is, who is they by the way? Is this the Mexican authorities? Is the uh, U.S. authorities? Who is the what they? No, no, no. We're not dealing with Mexican authorities at all. This it's, is our own American customs. Okay, so it's U.S. it's U.S. authorities. They take her back. One change of clothes. Your documents expire. We're not going to look at anything else that you have. Is that correct? Uh, yes, basically in her passport, there was a, a sticker that said her visit visa had been canceled. And I think once they saw that, just immediate criminal, you know, and uh, they wouldn't look at any support letters. They wouldn't look at the printed out emails that I had from uh, Senator Mike Lee and Mitt Romney's office. They wouldn't really, they, they didn't, uh, they took her phone. Uh, it's, you know, she's not been able to call out. It's been... 88 hours now. So it's been three hour, hey, three days Brad, and 16 hours. Brad, I'm going to have to stop you there. We have to go to break here in just a few seconds. We're going to bring you back on for the next segment to continue. Uh, I, I really want to know what's happening here, Chuck. Yeah, and this is mind-boggling. Breaking Battlegrounds. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Breaking Battlegrounds. I'm your host, Chuck Horn with Sam Sohn. Today we have a real story. Um, we have with us Brad Harrison and his daughter, Sophia. Brad is married to a Ukrainian woman. Um, him and his daughter were able to get past the Mexico border. Um, Brad is a U.S. citizen. Anna was taken by border by U.S. Border and Customs. Um, that's where we left off at the break. So... Brad, you went out. She comes out. She's in tears. They let her take one pair of clothes. They take her cell phone. When's the last time you heard from her? Uh, it's been three days and sixteen hours ago. So about eighty-eight hours ago. So what Zero are they? Information. What are they saying? Do they know where she's at? I'll I'll give you a twist here. About ten minutes before this podcast, my lawyer got an email from CBP saying that they didn't have her in their system. Um, and my lawyers are already checked with ICE, and they confirmed that they do not have her in the system. So essentially, and that's what I was just telling Senator McKell, uh, that they've lost her. Uh, th this whole thing is stunning what, to what, me. So what does that mean? I mean, is, is she in U.S. custody there? I mean, what does that mean they well, lost her? Well, she would have to be somewhere in their system. Uh, like I was saying before, this has nothing to do with Mexican authorities. We just drove right, you know, through Mexico and everything fine. Uh, this all happened at U.S. Customs Border Patrol. And the last time I saw her was walking into their building. So what I know, are... shocking. Sam, go ahead. Well, I mean, I mean, first off, we've been talking a lot about the border on this program lately, and one of the conditions for automatic entry under asylum request is being a Ukrainian citizen right now. I, yeah, I, we don't understand. Yeah, I mean, th this is really going against everything they're saying. It, you know, you can come up but with a cartel uh, paid to get smuggled through the border, and they're letting you in, but they're not letting this – family be reunited i this is baffling do you know any other ukrainian um family members or friends who are down in mexico who can't get across either uh 
No, I don't know anybody personally, uh, but I saw um, uh, on a lot of news stories and a lot of YouTube videos, uh, people from Ukraine getting across. I was at the Tijuana airport and kind of made friends with a guy from Massachusetts. Uh, he was uh, originally Kazakhstan and American citizen now, but he was there on the church function helping Ukrainians. And uh while we were talking, there was two or 300 people that came through they welcomed and they were going to take them to the border. He said that they've been doing it for the last week, uh, taking them to the border, advising them what to say. And they had church members or just citizens on the other side, accepting them and helping them out. So they're crossing. But yet my wife is being treated like this mastermind criminal that they finally caught. Why do you, know? you why it's, do you why do you think that is? I have no idea. She has no criminal background. I don't have a criminal background. It's, uh, you know, baffling. Her her visitor's visa, according from what you said, was just canceled due to COVID because they weren't allowing people in at that time. Is that right? Mainly that's what started it all. Yeah. You know, they started questioning and then they started, you know, thinking, oh, OK, so you're you're coming here to immigrate. And, you know, we said, well, actually, we're just coming here on a visit to decide what we're going to do. And well, we'll do but whatever you're, needs to be you're done, an American you citizen. Know? She's entitled to, to immigrate here. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And we've been married 10 years. You know, we have a U.S. citizen daughter together. Sophia, so, how are you doing? I'm doing good, but I'm still pretty sad because she's not with us. I'm pretty scared because I don't know if she's okay. I don't know where she is. I don't know what's happening. So, Brad, what are your next steps? What 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 are you trying to do now? Uh, <laughs> there's so many angles that, uh, you know, but I'm getting roadblocks everywhere. Um, uh, senators' offices, like you heard, I was on the phone. Uh, I'm trying to get people to call uh, Governor Cox of Utah, uh, his phone lines trying to blow that up to show that, uh, you know, we've, somebody needs to do something. Could we get some support that way? Um, uh, I don't know. I, I want to go down to the building again and, and just see if I can, you know, rattle some chains, but, uh, it, it was pointless the last time we were there. There's, there's no access. Uh, they don't have a desk, for example, there's no website, there's no, way to call in. They, they just tell you, oh, we'll Google the number. And you Google it and call it. And it's a roundabout, you know, recording that gets you nowhere. So uh, my, this is where my, uh, my lawyer uh, learned that they don't know where she's at is she tried to file a G28, which is uh, essentially uh, a, a form uh, that says that you're uh, representing someone when she got that back, that's where they said we don't have her in our system. This was only, you know, 45 minutes ago. So, you know, I don't know about legalities, but uh, and, and the actual terminology, um, the actual uh, uh, written laws. But uh, I was told that 72 hours is usually maximum. Uh, even like a hardened criminal gets to call somebody or get legal counsel within 72 hours. And, uh, you know, the U.S. Constitution falls in line and supports my wife right now because she's on U.S. soil. Wow. I, I, I'm speechless, Chuck. Yeah, I just don't even know what to ask. 
I mean, I'm sort of stunned by the whole thing, especially when we say we're bringing in 100,000 Ukrainians. Well, and, and when being a citizen from Ukraine is defined at the moment as clear grounds for immediate entry a, asylum. Yes, yes. I, and and it's a, a far more legitimate in grounds than anything else out there in the world right now. I this and you're talking about someone who's been married to an American ten citizen years, for decade. ten years. It, it, this just screams government incompetence. Brad, what can people do who are listening to help you? Uh, right now, they could uh, call Governor Cox. Uh, Wait, is, is, is Governor it, is Governor Cox the right one? Is not it's not Lee. I mean. Don't Senator Lee and Romney well, have more sway in this than a Governor Cox? I would say, uh, you know, call them all. Uh, we, we, uh, Brad, Brad to, if I can uh, add to that for all of our listeners in Arizona, in Florida, around the country, call your governor, call your reps, your federal representatives, call your senators, call your congress members, ask them about this case because this is this is stunning and wrong. Yeah, yeah, we we don't know where she's at. Can you imagine? No, I mean it's four days now. Sophia's just learning this. I didn't tell her before this podcast that we don't know where she's at. So, um, it's uh, she's okay. Okay. Um, yeah, it's uh, how 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 can they do this? Really, you know, it's like a a simple thing to make a phone call from someone there. To just tell me something. Brad, I apologize. We're coming to the end of this segment here. I, I thank you for being on the program today and for for sharing this story with us. Uh, folks, we're going to have some information on our website and on our on all our social media, uh, how you can p- potentially help this family. Folks, Breaking Battlegrounds, we'll be back in just a moment. You deserve a home that's beautiful and stylish. At Overstock, you don't have to choose between low prices and quality. Find new, on-trend home goods that reflect your taste and don't compromise on value. You can be proud of your home and design a space where you feel like you, all under budget. Plus, you get free shipping on everything in the continental United States. Overstock is where quality furniture and decor cost less. 